The work of the Holy Spirit talks with young Christians. The gift of the Holy Spirit as comforter, his own special name, the way to know him, he shall be in you, the day they would know him, the Gethsemane agony. It is of supreme importance in seeking to understand spiritual things that we recognize the Holy Spirit as the revealer of the things of God. Let us turn to the Lord's last farewell words to his disciples in John 14:16. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. These are the actual words which the Lord Jesus Christ spoke from his own lips the night before he was betrayed and crucified. You know how you treasure the words of those you love some tender friend or relative that has died how you go back to the last words they spoke here we have the lord jesus speaking with his 12 disciples around him no the little circle of 12 was now broken and there were only 11 judas's place was empty there had been 12 but one of the company had gone out to betray his master and while the lord jesus was talking words of heavenly tenderness to his faithful 11 Judas was outside betraying him even though he knew this the heart of the lord jesus was at leisure and in such a calm rest of god that there was not a trace of unrest about him there he sat in perfect peace just giving his last words to this little company the gift of the comforter saying to them so tenderly i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter take the words into your hearts and ask that he may be made known to you it is good to have knowledge but knowledge does not satisfy the heart the greatest thing that is needed in the world today is the knowledge of a comforter who will make known the unseen savior he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you For I am going away but I will send you someone who will abide with you forever even the spirit of truth the spirit of truth this is his own special name he is the spirit of truth he always tells you the truth but he is one whom the world cannot receive poor world poor world it cannot receive the comforter poor empty world there is no comfort for the world unless it will turn to god there is only judgment for the world poor people of the world they have no comfort they are without an anchor to hold in the storms of life they have hearts as god's children have and they have troubles but they are without comfort they can be happy in the theater and in all sorts of ways when days are bright but when they come to the stern facts of life they are without comfort poor world the world cannot receive him because it sees him not neither knows him You know him for he abides with you and shall be in you. You know him. Do you do you know the comforter or are you just like the world when you are in trouble? Do you know the Holy Spirit or do you simply know a historical Christ and that the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost? Do you think of him as an influence or speak of him as it? The Lord Jesus says he and him because he is a person. Do you know him the person the historical faith in Christ is of little comfort there are numbers of people who profess to be Christians but they do not know Christ
They have opinions, ideas, theories and even theologies, but they do not know Him. So I ask you again, do you know Him? Do you know the living Christ? If not, it means that you do not know the Holy Spirit, for He reveals the living Christ, for that is His work. Do you know, or do you say, I think, I believe, I hope, I have this view, this opinion? The way to know Him. Ye know Him, how? He abides with you. Ah, that is how you get to know people. Putting it in a very rough, earthly way, that is how He is known. He abides with you and He shall be in you. You know Him by experience, not by theory, nor by a mental knowledge. Anything you know in that way can soon be stripped away from you. But something that you have proved and you know from experience, no human being in this world can take from you. This is how the martyrs live through their sufferings. God puts a living faith and knowledge of Himself into His people, which no martyrdom can tear out of them. Martyrdom may take away opinions from men and views and ideas, but no martyrdom can take out of the fiber of one's being what is wrought into it through knowledge and experience. That, I say, is what God wants to do for us. He wants the Holy Spirit to be a real person in us, to make Christ real to us in life, so that we cannot help living in the living one. It is not what you believe or think, but it is what you are, what is wrought into you as part of you, and what is greater than all that you merely see. You know Him, for He shall be in you. He shall be in you. There is a wonderful gleam of light in Dr. Elder Cummings' book on the Holy Spirit about that sentence, He shall be in you, in which he says that it means the Holy Spirit entering in and clothing himself with you, just as he did with Gideon. Your outer body becomes becoming a clothing to embody, so to speak, the Holy Spirit dwelling in the inner shine of your spirit. The Holy Spirit... Spirit wants to reach the people, but He is Spirit and they are flesh. And how can flesh be reached by Spirit? There is no way of contact between them. Hence the poor world goes on its way with its theories and views and without knowledge of God. We might almost erect an altar in Christendom such as Paul saw in Athens to the unknown God. They know about Him, but the majority do not know Him. But the Holy Spirit wants to enter and to clothe Himself with you as with an outer garment made for Him, that through your thoughts and through your lives He may work and reach the world. He shall clothe Himself with you as the Spirit of the Lord clothed Himself with Gideon, so that a weak trembling Gideon went forth in the might of God, and all Israel was gathered after Him. Are your hearts now saying, O God, make me know Him? I do not want to meet your intellects, nor your feelings, nor your views. I desire to dis disentangle you from all these. And just to say to you, child of God, do you know the Holy Spirit? And by the Holy Spirit, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And do you know the Father? Do you know God? <coughs> the day they would know. Our Lord proceeds in His talk with His disciples, saying, In that day you shall know. He spoke about a day. What day? Why, the day when He would pray the Father and He would give the other comforter. That day would not come, could not come, until He had gone to the cross, to the tomb, and through the tomb had gone back to the Father. That day was to come then. 
while speaking to them he was on the edge of the cross and yet he was speaking as though he was going to be alive think of one on the edge of death talking about going to the father to receive the comforter for his orphaned disciples how little there would be in all that he was saying if he was not going to rise again in that day i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter and that day in its manifestation was the day of pentecost between the day he was speaking these words and the day of the holy spirit's coming the lord jesus was to go to the cross oh what lay between these words and that day after speaking thus to them he went out to the garden of gethsemane to agony that could hardly endure the facing of the cross that was before him the gethsemane glory we are told by the writer to the hebrews that with strong crying and tears he prayed to god to save him out of death in that anguish in gethsemane for he had died in gethsemane for had he died in gethsemane the world would not have been redeemed and the holy spirit would not have been given his body had given way under the anguish his body had given way under the anguish of the garden passion he w- his body had given way under the anguish of the garden passion he would not have reached the cross i'm sorry i'll read it again if his body had given way under the anguish of the garden passion he would not have reached the cross an angel was sent from heaven to him in that agony to strengthen his body to endure the anguish and to enable him to bear all that was coming upon him in that path from gethsemane to calvary in that path to the cross after the anguish in the garden do you realize that the lord jesus walked 7 miles that awful night from pilate to herod and back from one person to another beaten by the soldiers and scoffed at by the mob 7 weary miles he traveled in the patience that never uttered a murmur that never said i cannot bear it and that never for one minute turned round on his tormentors he was god and it was by the holy spirit who is god that he was strengthened to endure it step by step he went to that cross and there on <clears throat> and there on calvary for the atonement of the world's sin he died for you and me he died for you and for me now we can say he bore my sins in his own body on the tree 1 peter 224 yes your sins and mine